Sports Ethos New York Knicks podcast. Andre Gallagher, fresh off a disappointing game one against the Miami Heat. Again, Randall did not play in this game. Quentin Grimes just coming back. A lot of people wishing Quentin Grimes played more minutes in this game. You understand when you miss this many games, these guys they don't they they don't get their win. Some of these guys. Steve Popper from Newsday reported, tweeted some, there were reports before the game that Randall probably wasn't going to play because he went through the pregame workout and was exhausted. These guys have, some of these guys have a hard time missing that much game time and then having their legs when they first come back. This was the case when Quentin Grimes came back earlier in the year. You saw Tibbs say that Quentin was just working his way back into the lineup. I don't think it was a good message having Quentin Grimes have to come off the bench in this game, but you know they were trying to match up with Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, with Hart, who has played Jimmy Butler relatively well. I didn't like it, but I don't think that was a problem in the game because Quentin Grimes ain't really been doing anything, even though he did hit a shot. And I and I do think that Tibbs should have stuck with him because he hit a three in a game where nobody could hit a three but Obi Toppin. So maybe play the guy who can hit a three. And I understand his legs might not be there, but... You know, go down with the ship a little bit when you can't hit a shot. Just let's throw him out there and let it let his legs let you down. Let his stamina let you down before you make that call. But I don't want to pick on Tibbs in this game because at the end of the day, the Knicks shot like twenty percent from three. You can't win that game. You can't. They lost by six points. They lost by six points. They hit two threes as a one possession game. And listen, I'm not stupid. I know it doesn't quite work out that way, but it does kind of. It it does kind of. You can't shoot that 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 percentage from three and, and win. You just can't. You can't. And I texted a friend of mine during the game. It was in the third quarter. It was still a close game, and I just texted him. At the end of the day, you gotta make shots. If you're not making shots, you're not gonna win. So on one hand, it should be a little promising to Nick fans to have only lost this game by six points, fresh off. A days and days of scouting from Spolstra and, and a veteran Miami Heat team. They come in and they only beat the Knicks by six points. They did beat them at the Garden, but they only beat them by six points in a game where nobody played well. But Obi Toppin and RJ had a good first half. Uh, I, I, stick, I stick with the notion that I don't think this Miami Heat team can beat the Knicks. I just don't think that they can. But I don't think that they can with a healthy Randall. Yeah, I, I might be a close series. I'm not saying it's not going to be a close series, but I just don't think that they can beat the Knicks if the Knicks are, if the Knicks have a full squad. I just don't think so. Now, no Randall is different. I I think I said in the last show. If I ain't saying the last show, I said it to other people. They can maybe win a game without Randall at the Garden. Maybe a game that would have been game one, and they didn't win it. Now game two. You kind of need Randall to play. You can't, you can't be shorthanded in this game. You can't, can't go down 0-2, losing two home games. You can't do that. Can't do it. You have to win this game. It's all hands on deck. I don't know what you know. What if Randall? If Randall almost played on yesterday, then he's definitely going to play game two. I don't care what anyone says. If he was even close, and he was, he's playing. What what you're going to get? Who knows? But just having him there, if he's you know if he's any if he's anything close 
to what he was in game one against the Cavs where, you know, he came out, you know, hot, but he ended the game pretty pretty poorly. But if he's anything close to the condition that he was in in game one against the Cavs, then he needs to play. It's not all going to rest on his shoulders. Everybody else has to play well. Brunson, everybody's hero, my hero. You heard me talking about him. You heard me talking him up. He played terribly in the game. He said so himself. Everyone has to play well. I don't think they did anything to Brunson. I know they scouted his moves a few times. I saw Gabe Vincent guess right on the direction he was going to a few times. And he would cook Gabe Vincent in the past. That's good scouting. I saw that they were ready for his little rip-through move where they were getting their chest and hands in there when he was trying to rip the ball across their body. Um, I thought that was excellent defense on their part. Uh, So you saw a lot of that. But outside of that, Jalen Brunson got good looks and dismissed them. He 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 could barely make a jump shot. He couldn't make a jump shot in the game, which is cause for concern. Early in the game, he was missing badly on his shots. One, he missed badly short. Makes me think that he didn't have legs in that game or he's dealing with an injury. And it's scary. It's scary for you to be that off on open jump shots early in the game. Jalen Brunson shot 40% from three all year, 50% from the field. It's scary to see him be that off. It was scary. I'm still concerned about that going forward. And I don't know what that was about because it wasn't their defense. Those missed jump shots weren't, his, weren't their defense. It wasn't, it wasn't their defense. I don't care what nobody says. It wasn't their defense. They might have played good defense here and there. I'm just not saying that. But those missed jump shots, they, it wasn't their defense. So I don't know what it was. R.J. Barrett had a good first half. They scouted R.J.'s moves a little bit in the second half, slowed him down. Some of that was, you know, very physical defense. Uh, they weren't necessarily getting the whistle on. Uh, R.J., you know, clearly not still not hitting his jump shot consistently. I think he's still going to have a good little series against them. The one thing about what Miami was doing, but they do it, everyone does that, is they clog the paint. They clog the paint a lot, but again, the Knicks have to make some outside shots and you're not going to win a series. There's no there's no grand genius in clogging the paint against the New York Knicks. Everybody got to hit a shot. Josh Hart was shooting like like he couldn't make a shot. He hit the, hit the bottom of the rim on a shot. A big shot. You know, so that's scary. He shoots a flat shot. To see a flat shot be that flat, it's like I'm always surprised when Josh Hart's, Hart shoots and it goes in because it's such a funny-looking flat shot. But Josh Hart has been a decent shooter in this league over the course of his career. So he can hit the shot. And you've seen him hit big shot after big shot for the Knicks this year. So you don't start questioning his uh, him making taking and making shots at this point in the game. I mean, they're daring you to hit shots. You got to hit them. And that's the end of the day. It, it, they're not going to hit these shots. And it would be a sad story because that's kind of, that was one of the problems against the Atlanta Hawks a few years ago is that nobody could hit a shot. It would be a sad story if all these things couldn't hit a shot. They haven't been a great three-point shooting team all year, but if you know the team, you know they have some shooters who can knock shots down. Quentin Grimes can knock shots down. IQ can knock shots down. Brunson can knock shots down. These guys are big-minute guys for the Knicks. Josh Hart is a little bit of a sometimes-you shooter. That's fine. So is R.J. Barrett, and and you know that Randall's a streak shooter as well. He ended the season, I think, at 34% from three, which is just short of the league average. He's just short of the league average on a very high volume. He's a streak shooter. Everyone knows it. But you don't you don't really... And Obi Toppin, who didn't shoot a good percentage this year because he had a long, cold streak in the middle of the season, Obi Toppin shot 36% from three last night. And there were people saying Obi Toppin needs to stop shooting. No. Nobody wants to see Obi Toppin shoot every time. But 
he's got to shoot that shot and he's got to knock it down. And at 36%, you want to see him hit maybe one one more shot, two more shots. Anything else is kind of unrealistic. Gabe Vincent, nobody's talking about Gabe Vincent was shooting too much. Nobody was talking about that. Gabe Vincent was 5 of 12. Obi Toppin was 4 of 11. The difference in perception, the difference in perception is Miami knows and I guess the, the discourse around the, the the game, they know that Gabe Vincent shot the ball decently because Miami won. When you see Obi Toppin get left and he was shooting sporadically throughout the game, when you see Obi Toppin get left open, seemingly play after play, and he's not making every shot, it kind of feels like cringy. But at the end of the day, he was 4 of 11 from 3, which is 36%. It's not, it's not bad at all. He's not going to make every single one. And I was actually impressed that he had the balls to keep taking them. So it's you're kind of walking a line for, for, uh, between asking a bit too much and, and being unrealistic. And and also realizing that 36% is feasible, acceptable. And if the whole team shot 36%, they win the game by 15, 20 points. So you mad at Obi Toppin <laughs> for his 36%, but if the whole team shot that, they win the game. A lot of talk about Obi should have come in the game. At whose expense? You want to take IQ out the game? Okay. And you've heard me say this all year long. Uh, all year long. I've said it all year long. Okay? When you talk about IQ, understand. We all understand his value defensively. We all get it. But he can be, his offense can be a little sometimes the inconvenient. And when you see those big games from IQ, it's like, okay, he's popped out of his shell. This is what everybody's been saying he was going to do. And then when you see him be quiet as a church mouse, mouse nobody's popping around. People talking about, Obi Hubbard should have played. Well, so you must, have, you must be saying he should have played over IQ then. Because everyone everywhere, oh, IQ needs to play, IQ needs to play. He does, he did need to play. But understand what you're getting. You're getting a sometimes the offensive player. And you're seeing the first game in one series, and he only had one good game, a big game, five. But he didn't play well throughout the series in in Cleveland. What you're seeing is teams kind of have a better sense for how to take him out of the game. Why? Because he is an opportunistic offensive player, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's good to have that skill set. But you can't be, you can't, you can't mix that with being skittish and apprehensive. You have to be aggressive finding those opportunities. And you saw that, you saw a little bit of an uptick in that towards the end of the Cavs series. You saw a little bit of an uptick in that in this series. I mean, this game, but not enough. Quickly's averaging 15 points a game just about from December on. And he's coming out here, and, and, and he shot 50% and 40% from three. He's coming out here shooting putrid, shooting in the 20s from three, shooting in the 30s from two. Like, this can't be. This can't be. This cannot be. 
the, the Knicks are the Knicks are gonna have a hard time winning these games if he is so easily taken out of the game. And one of the reasons why is the, the paint is clogged. It was clogged against the Cavs. It's clogged now, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't have been as clogged as it was. It shouldn't have been as clogged as it was. But one of the reasons why the paint is clogged because he's not beating people clean. He's not beating people clean because he's not shooting the ball well, and he's not being very aggressive shooting the ball. He's, he, he, there was a little bit of an uptick in that, like I said. But he has to knock these shots down, and he has to be aggressive. Shooting the ball. He has to be aggressive shooting the ball. He has to. And if he does that, then things will open up because, like I've said a million times, and you saw this yesterday because Tibbs definitely called a timeout because it was definitely some doldrums when he was the primary ball handler in that third quarter and they weren't getting any good shots. When he's a primary ball handler and it wasn't enough Josh Hart on the ball, not to say that he played well, but it wasn't enough Josh Hart on the ball initiating offense you saw a lot of IQ trying to do it and a lot of times he can't do it because he's not aggressive enough offensively and he doesn't they don't get the best screens in the world when they come off screens they don't come off clean and when he has a step on people he doesn't go all the way to the basket sometimes it's a good idea and sometimes it is it isn't not aggressive shooting the ball not aggressive trying to get trying to get contact in the paint you're not always finding open people on the perimeter and without having Quentin Grimes out there playing bigger minutes, regardless of the reason, you don't have somebody who's shooting over contested looks, late contests, wide open versus wide open. I'm sorry, wide open versus open. Wide open versus open. Grimes will shoot the open shot, not just the wide open shot, which a lot of the other Knicks shooters wait for. That's very important. He has to knock him down, but it's very important that he's on the floor doing that because then that opens things up. It opens things up. And quickly, there's also a guy, when he's feeling it, he will shoot the open shot, not just the wide open shot. Now he's looking for the wide open shot, and it's not there. And he's gone through ebbs and flows of doing that, just looking for the wide open shot, not the open shot. Other teams are just going to shoot the open shot, and the playoffs is not going to be wide open all the time. The Miami Heat are going to be content letting the Knicks shoot. The Knicks, the Knicks should win the series. If they can't, it's scary times. It's scary times because the players that are there are not the players that you want to get rid of. When you hear people talk about, well, Fournier should have played. Listen, this was a three-point game with like five, six minutes to go. You don't throw Fournier in the game. Like, I, don't, I don't throw Fournier in the game in that mix. Like, I'm going to trust the guys that got me here. Three-point game, five, six minutes to go. I'm going to trust the guys that got me here. I'm not going to say, oh, we need to put some three-point shooting in and put Fournier in. It sounds good on paper, but maybe he'll play throughout the game in game two if necessary, especially if Randall doesn't play. But you're not throwing Fournier in in a three-point game with five, six minutes to go. You're just not. You're just not. It's unrealistic. And the point the point really is the play. You want more shoot. If you say you want more shooting on the floor, who are you taking off the floor? I've seen smart Nick fans have these conversations, and it's really like I've seen people talk about guys in the draft that they want to draft to a shooter. It's like, okay, who don't you want on this team anymore? Tell me it's R.J. Barrett. I'm going to say, okay, I mean, I get it. I get it. But who who's the other guy? Who If it's not R.J. Barrett, if, you think, if you're an R.J. Barrett guy and you don't want R.J. Barrett to go anywhere, 
who are you taking out of the lineup so that it, so that there could be more shooting on the team? Because there's a hive, there's a basketball fandom hive for all of these players. Quickly, Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin. Who are you? Who are you removing from the lineup? I mean, you talking about building this team next year? Who are you removing from the lineup in a rotation to add this this shooter? And I'm not saying they don't need a shooter. I'm saying who are you removing to add? Because I'm going to tell you right now, and I've been on this because I don't hate IQ at all, and I have to keep preface. I have to keep prefacing these statements by saying that. IQ has to be the IQ that everyone thinks he is all the time. If he's not that guy, then it hurts. It hurts the team. Then that means you can't have Grimes. It's like you can't have both of them if they're not going to consistently produce. You can't have two of them doing that. And they're young players. I get it. I'm not trying to give up on them. I'm, that's why I'm, I'm having this conversation. You're talking about adding shooting to this rotation then somebody has to be removed, and it was go- it's going to be one of those guys. Because I don't want to hear about Josh Hart. Not after all the love he's been getting for two months now. I don't want to hear about, oh, Josh Hart is the one you got to get out of here. Like, shut up, man. You're not taking Josh Hart out of this lineup. Off one bad game, really. <laughs> Off one bad bad game. Not even, not even to say it was a bad game. You knew in this series they weren't going to dominate the offensive boards the way they did against Cavs and, and against the Cavs, and of course that was a difference in the game as well because they they didn't get those extra shots, quite as many of those extra shots, and against the Heat as they did against the Cavs, and that's again that's a difference in the game. You don't think those extra shots matter? Of course they do. Of course they do. And what did I tell you before the series? I said I was afraid of Kyle Lowry. Man score 18 points. And people say, how do you know Kyle Lowry lights you up? Like, because y'all don't pay attention. Kyle Lowry's, for the most part, taking the season off. He's very capable of hitting an open jump shot. He's very capable. You think he can't hit an open jump shot? You're crazy. He's very handsy on defense. He's a very physical defender. And he knows Jalen Brunson. He knows Josh Hart. And you saw that in the game. Like, he knows. Uh, maybe I can't stay with you laterally, but I know your move. And I'm waiting for the ball. And I'm going to take it out your hands. I wish Brunson and, and Hart could hear this show. Because he knew exactly where they were putting, their, put, putting the ball on their drives. He knew exactly where they were putting the ball every time. You got to keep your body in between the ball and Lowry. Because he's going to reach every time. And he should should have got more whistles, but he's not going to get near as many whistles as he should. And they're not always fouls. Handsy dude. You beat Lowry with with speed and quickness. You beat him in space. You don't beat him in a, on a condensed court where he knows he has help at the rim. And you think you're just going to drive right past him and go straight line? Yeah, it's not going to happen. IQ. It's not going to happen, Josh. You gotta beat you beat him in space. You beat him by making him move laterally and then having to change directions. But again, you can sit here and nitpick. You can nitpick some of the wins against the Cavs. Like you can nitpick all day long. This comes down to the shooting. And I'm nervous that they're not going to shoot well. I'm nervous about that because they haven't done it in the in the playoffs. And I'm also nervous about what that means going forward for the players that are in this rotation and are building blocks for the team. If they're not going to shoot when you need them to shoot the most, 
then they're not the players you need them to be. And it's kind of a scary thing for both Quinn and, and IQ because this is IQ's third, second playoffs, third season. It's Quentin Grimes' second season, so he's definitely a rookie, uh, it's a rookie in the game. Even though he's not a literal rookie, he got hurt last year. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot that he's catching up on. IQ, you've been around a little bit of a minute, and you were in that playoff series against the Hawks, and didn't necessarily play well in that series either. And I love the kid. I really do. But it, this is more towards the, the IQ hive. The IQ hive has to understand that he has to consistently be that guy. And he has to consistently be that guy when the Knicks need him the most. And he has to find that switch that says, okay, I need to turn it on. I need to be aggressive, just like he did against Boston. We scored 40 points and, you know, countless other teams where he turned it on knowing the team needed him. He can't kind of be like the fair weather guy where he waits till he gets hot and starts feeling it and then starts getting going. He has to get himself going. Listen, I know it's easier said than done, but. Quentin Grimes, IQ, these guys got to step up. They got to step up. They really do. And you're also not seeing it because Mitchell is playing so well. You're also not seeing enough of Hartenstein and some of the actions that they were getting away with. With Hartenstein getting the ball at the free throw line and finding cutters and finding open guys and, and just being aggressive from that from that spot on the floor. You're not seeing enough of that because you kind of fall in love with the things that Mitchell is doing. Mitchell's also a little banged up. Got a little hip element. Might be slowing him down a little bit. There are so many things you can nitpick, as I said earlier. But, and this is the scary thing. You can't necessarily change making shots. Making shots changes. That That's something that does change from game to game. But if you're collectively not making shots on the team, it's not like you could push the magic shot making button. And if I said, oh, you know, they got to they gotta be careful of Bam at the free throw line, that jump shot. They got to be careful of Jimmy Butler leaking out or, you know, Jimmy Butler getting the ball too close to the basket, you know, on a back cut or something like that. They have to be careful. They have to be mindful of Kyle Lowry's hands. Like, if, I, if we go into all of the, like, you can get into all of that. The Knicks got open shots and they missed them. And it's not necessarily an effort thing. They... Try harder to make your shots. Like, what? That's what's scary about it. Either you're going to make them or you're going to miss them. And right now they're missing them. And if you see them continue to shoot like this, and it really comes down to Grimes and IQ. Brunson didn't shoot well in the first round, but he still he still hits shots. He didn't shoot as well as he shot in the regular season, but he still knocked shots down. It was more of a cold game here and, and there. You know, only five games in the series. But he still knocked shots down. He just didn't knock them down at the same rate. You saw R.J. Barrett step it up a little bit, and he made it some outside shots. You saw Harvey make some outside shots. Quentin Grimes and Quickly, they're two of the better shooters in the rotation. They got to knock shots down. They got to knock them down. They got to take them, and they got to make them. And it's one thing to say, okay, Grimes, you have to take more. Quickly, you have to take more. True for both of them. But collectively as a team, they got to make these shots. And I know you're not counting on Julius Randle coming here making shots. You can't be, you got to count on Julius Randle to be a, a physical presence in the paint. You can't be counting on him to be out there making shots. Not at this point. So that's what's scary to me is I just don't think 
the Knicks are going to press the, the, the make a shot button and fix it all. Brunson might be getting, maybe can turn around, but the more you press, the more you think about it, the worse it gets. That's why I respect Obi. Obi, there was a pull-up jump shot Obi got where he ended up getting the ball right around half court and then dribbling up to the three-point line and pulling up for three and nailing it. That that takes guts after missing a couple shots and hearing some moans and groans from the crowd. That takes guts. You need more of that. You need more of that. And maybe Obi did need to play in that fourth quarter. Tibbs maybe should have sat hard. But it's easier said than done. You need somebody to defend Jimmy Butler. It's not going to be Obi Toppin. Not going to be Manuel Quickly or Brunson. Maybe RJ, but RJ's not the best defender in the world. So that's why Hart was playing. It was either going to be Hart or Grimes. But how can you how can you really say that Obi shouldn't have found a way in that lineup when he was the only one hitting the outside shot? I think Tibbs was just expecting it to turn around. Everybody was going to start stepping up. And he said he just turned the ball over. So it's a real simple thing in this Miami Heat series. The Knicks should win this series. They should win game two. They should win it relatively easily if Randall plays. But at the end of the day, make a shot. Make your free throws. And listen, the Knicks... Referees definitely missed some calls. They did. And that's a constant thing the Knicks have to deal with when time to time in the playoffs, referees not getting, you know, not giving you the call. You usually don't expect that at home. But, you know, I don't know. I'm not into conspiracy theory stuff. It's just the Knicks didn't get the calls. There's footage out there of Lowry tripping people, driving to the basket, no foul calls, grabbing people when they're, when they're in the air. There's just some really egregious missed calls when people are driving to the basket and they're next. Whereas on the flip side, guys are getting calls when you just breathe on them too heavy. It's, it's kind of a, it's frustrating, but you expect those things to flip over. Game to game, you don't expect the bad whistle every game, every series. I'm not that guy who's always thinking the Knicks. Uh, even though the Knicks don't, they don't get calls consistently. They don't. But I'm not one who believes it's a conspiracy against the Knicks. It's just I don't think the Knicks players garner the respect of the officials where they get the benefit of the doubt on calls the way other teams do. Because other teams have... Superstar players who are considered to be superstars, players who are uh, uh, veterans like Lowry and and uh, Kevin Love, even though Kevin Love didn't get any whistles, but you understand what I'm saying. Guys who been around long enough where they might get the benefit of the doubt on calls, more calls than the Knicks who don't have established players along those lines or don't have players who generally respected around the league. Jalen Brunson would probably fall in that category and he typically gets some good calls. Some of the calls Jalen gets are foul hunting calls and those calls are going to be a little sketchy in the playoffs. We know that. But Jalen Brunson was going to the basket enough yesterday. He should have gone to the line more than he did. He just didn't get those whistles and he didn't get those body contact whistles that Jimmy Butler always gets. That's what's frustrating is that Jimmy Butler always gets those calls. 
But again, you can whine and cry about the officials all you want. Make a shot. Make a shot. Anyway, game two is tomorrow. It's a must win. Any way you slice it, it's a must win. When you are the home team, you can't you can't afford to lose both games at home. You can't. That's just there's no coming back from that. It's not literally true, but it's true. You don't you don't want to be in that scenario. All right. If you got to walk away with a split, you walk away with a split. That's not the end of the world. Obviously, the Knicks have to win this game too. They have to. Miami knows it too. If Miami smells blood in the water, they're gonna turn up the heat. No pun intended. Late in the game, the Knicks have to. They have to be solid throughout the game. They have to establish themselves in the paint. They have to get those whistles established, established, so they can get to that line. They have to be making the outside shots, and I think if they're consistent throughout the game, especially with Jimmy Butler, you know, kind of twisting his ankle, whatever happened to him, and the Heat playing with kind of a skeleton crew, uh, they're going to they're going to let them have it if they're if they're strong enough throughout that game. They're going to let them have it if you if you show any weakness and keep that game close in the fourth quarter, they're going to come for your neck. So they need to. They need to really midway through the fourth quarter have, you know, a 10 to 15 point lead and be playing solid so Miami can pack it up and sit and be happy with that one game, with that split in the first two games. And then you go down down to Miami ready to rock and roll. Because I obviously the Knicks would take a split at this point, but coming into the series, you want to protect home court, but if you respect the opponent, you respect their the fact that they can come to your arena and win a game. You don't, you know, it didn't matter when that game, you don't want that to be game seven, but outside of game seven, it doesn't really matter when that game is. You don't want it to be obviously any kind of closeout game. I shouldn't just, just say game seven, but you, if you didn't think Miami could find a way to win a game at the garden, you were bugging. It was pie in the sky to think, especially with no Randall. It was pie in the sky to think that they weren't going to be able to win a game at the garden. So you, you don't, you don't make it the end of the world. Cause you know what? The Knicks can win, the Knicks can win in Miami. 10, 15% of that arena is going to be Knicks fans. But that aside, they've won on the road all year long. So this is not the end of the world, but if they can't make a shot, it will be. It'll be the end of the season. That's for sure. Don't forget, check out sportsethos.com. Follow at sportsethos on Twitter, at ethos Knicks. Until next time.